Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast, Drive. Today and this week, we're going deep into injury rehabilitation. We're kicking this discussion off on the massive and very, very important discussion of pain science. I have a brilliant, brilliant uh, physiotherapist across the table for me to join in on the discussion. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Yanni. Across the table from me, I have Phil White, founder, co-founder of ADPT Physiotherapy. They are partnered with Unity Gym and the Unified Movement System. Behind the mixer, we have Richard, the voice of God, sexiest man in the room, however you want to remember him. And uh, we are Unity Gym, and as I said, the Unified Movement System, we take driven people and turn them into athletes. We're very passionate about it. And uh, this week, we're very passionate about talking about pain science, injury rehab, and all of the great stuff that goes with that. Uh, it's going to be a wicked series, so strap yourself in. How are you, Phil? Good. Love this, love this series. I'm really glad to be back. It's uh, my favorite thing to do, which is trying to basically talk myself out of a job so if, we, if you guys can get a lot of this stuff right then hopefully you won't need to see a physio and that's the goal so. that is it that is the that, and, and this is phil series man this is him this is his his, his bread and butter that's why he's taken the uh, front row seat yeah, we yeah. kicked right off the table today uh, we have enough, enough good-looking people in the room. We need to balance it out with brains For now. those who are watching on the um, UMS Movement Mastermind group in the, on the video um, or on YouTube later, uh, I am not actually a tiny person. So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That, that fisheye camera really... Uh, <laughs> That's right, absolutely. We do have a little bit of a weird ang- uh, camera going on, though, where Phil's a bit cut out from the shot. I'm not sure whether that's, uh, that's normal or not, but uh, we might be able to zoom back and get him all in there. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of which, everyone who's listening to the podcast uh, and also you might be watching the replay on YouTube, uh, lots of love to you guys. Smash the like button and leave us a comment in the comment section if you just want to see uh, maybe Richie's shirtless body one day. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, we we want to get you guys over and invite you to join the UMS Movement Mastermind. I can see we got Joe there. Joe is actually a member of our Unity Gym tribe here. We've got a bunch of people on the live stream where your beard is yeah that's right oh mate i am fresh yeah I've, <laughs> I've i've had a shave over the weekend and that's another thing you get to see if you join the group imagine so get over there join the group <laughs> and uh even joseph gilbert said shirtless body come on uh so so um you know you can it's free to join you can jump over to the facebook group and uh and then yeah interact with us live ask us questions and that's what this week is going to be big on we really want to invite you guys to ask us questions so i'm going to kick this off with a question of the day and richie can type this out for me we want to know if you're dealing with any sort of pain or injury right now and if you are let us know in the comments section and maybe we can give you a little bit of guidance there we can't give you like a full-on consultation that's not legal for us to do that if you want to do that i can get you hooked up with Phil and Nilesh online, but we can certainly give you a little bit of help and support. Yeah. So uh, smash the like button if you think that's go- that, that's a good idea, and let's kick this thing off with a story. I love stories. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's going to take the mic in a sec, so i got to get a little bit in. So first of all, I want to just share uh, my experiences with, with, with um, pain science and injury identity that we're going to go deeper on on Thursday. Many of you would know, if you followed me for a while, that my most severe injury, I've had many of them, but the worst one was a fall from a horse where I broke my back. I, I had one of my legs 
caught in a stirrup and it actually caused a quite a rare fracture to two of the vertebra of my spine uh, it's it's referred to as a spiral fracture and it's usually due to like a compressive load uh, you might be able to explain that better but um, essentially what I was explained uh, when it was explained to me and you have to forgive me because it happened a long time ago but I was bouncing up and down with one leg caught in the stirrup as the horse rode and that Com sort of compression as you may or from my hips to my rib cage caused a lot of pressure on a couple of the lumbar vertebra and that's what caused the problem and uh, it obviously like anything um, it caused me a lot of problems growing up a lot of pain a lot of discomfort and you know essentially back then it was it happened in around 1986 um, I was sort of told that I'd be very limited in the things that I could and couldn't do and as a result I feared a lot of exercise uh, and I was just sort of seeing uh, physios and chiropractors on a regular basis which eventually turned into just a chiropractor twice a week Tuesday and Thursday went in got a few cracks and his ethos was that if my parents didn't keep sending me to the chiropractor uh, like a, a tree uh, when a, a sapling is growing to find the sun, the, 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 uh, the trunk of the tree will bend. And he used to say, you know, if we don't keep straightening my spine, uh, my spine will bend as I grow and I won't, and I'll essentially uh, form a deformity in my spine and it would be catastrophic to my physical development and all that. So my parents, you know, they signed on the dotted line and had me going there twice a week for eight years. And um, it was, you know, it was pretty ridiculous. I'd just go in and crack, crack, crack. Anyway, that really played into this notion that I had a compromised body. And when it came time to exercise, I, you know, was really told to avoid certain things. And they turned out to be the things that saved me, you know. And all through this period, I had a, uh, an ongoing um, two steps forward, three steps back process where I'd feel okay. And then I'd go into a really severe spasm. And the spasms were so severe that it would leave me lying in the fetal position on the ground. You know, it was very, very uncomfortable which again played into this notion that I had a severely compromised body, you know. And uh, all throughout that time, my exercise, I was boxing. And so you would say, yeah, that's a quite intense exercise, you know, but I still had these problems and it was a real limiting factor. And it wasn't until my early 20s when I started to get into sort of a bit, little bit of strength training and weightlifting, I had a very frail body, uh, you know, despite being a boxer, uh, I was so skinny, like super, super skinny. There was very little muscle on me. At that point in time, I was around 70 kilos. If you look at me now, I'm about 88 kilos. Uh, and I was rough, I'd, I'd finished my growing. I was as tall as I am now, but I was 20 kilos less almost in, in muscle mass, you know. So you can imagine I was really skinny. You could see every rib. Um, and, uh, and yeah, what, what you know, really uh, knocked me for six was that I got to a point where I was so frustrated with my training that I, I, I was so frustrated with my back pain that I had, it was, I, I formed an all or nothing mentality. I was like, well, what do I have to lose, you know? And I ended up friends with a good friend of mine, uh, even now, Sebastian Oreb, who uh, is Australian strength coach. And, you know, I was watching these guys power lift and, and I had I just had avoided deadlifts and, and squats like the plague. I just couldn't do them very well. And they seemed to trigger this spasm in my back. And, uh, and he challenged me after we'd gone to, uh, to do a, a, work, a, a certification together with Charles Poliquin where they were doing these snatch grip deficit deadlifts, which is a really extreme deadlift. Anyone who doesn't know it can Google it. We've got great videos on it on our YouTube channel. 
And it's where you really put the lower back through excessive load. Uh, but the idea is that you deload it and excessive manage range. Ex ex excessive range. Well, I, I call well, it excessive load if you look at the macro because yes, range of motion is yeah. one way of loading the body. We'll get to that. We're actually going to talk about that uh, tomorrow. Um, yeah. But uh, it really is designed to challenge the body uh, with very controlled load, very controlled intensities, and uh, and then you know restore your strength or build strength. You know. And, and quite alarmingly, and we're going to explain this in more detail, uh, the very thing that I'd feared and avoided for so many years because of my injury, my pain and my injury identity became my savior. And over this week, we're going to drill deep into why that happens and why it's so important and potentially going to be the missing link or the revelation, just like it was for me, for many of you out there who are suffering from ongoing pain or mismanaged pain. And often, you know, the, the chiro, in my case, and I'm not slamming chiros, I have fr many friends who are chiropractors and they do great things for me and, and, and our uh, clients and physios. But often they can play into this injury identity, the whole system, the whole model. And we might throw some stones and talk about that a bit later too. So from a, a physiological and biological standpoint, I'm going to get Phil to do his absolute best to explain what was going on for me and what is probably going on for many of you out there and why this is such a big problem. And I'm going to do my very best and Phil's going to do his very best to keep this... Uh, Colloquial. Oh, just really, yeah, clear. We want clear. it to be really clear, concise, understandable. So if you do have any questions or things that are just going in your head, please do let us know in the comments or send us an email. Um, but yeah, where I want to start this off, and I think the best way to sort of think about it is if we imagine, if we go, we're going to use Yanni as the example here, but we're going to have two different Yannis. So we're going to have current Yanni, who's been a personal trainer for the last however many years, forever. Um, 17 and, years. Yep. And, you know, now he's more in the office, but he still trains hard um, with a personal training background. And then we'll think of, you know, the most opposite job to that. So we'll just say like a total desk job um, and maybe something that, you, oh, I guess I was going to say accountant, but you, you, you're you a thruffer for, <laughs> you love a bit of a well, I was accounting now. I was an engineer before I was a trainer, yeah. so I probably would have ended up at a desk job des designing things yeah, or doing so something let's, like that. Let's call you a, um, I'll call you an accountant just to keep things simple, at a desk all day, every day. So we're going to use those two people as an example and see how maybe the, the journey could have gone a bit differently. Uh, but to start off, I'm just going to give a really kind of brief overview of um, of pain science and sort of where the, the current thinking is. So the, the best way to sort of think about pain is actually that it's your body's perceived threat. So it's your, your brain is constantly making um, assessments about how to keep you safe. And then when you get stimulus from your body that kind of suggests it's going to, um, you know, go into it, something that could cause you, cause you harm, then often that's when you're going to experience a pain, pain experience. So that's a really key thing, key thing to understand is that you don't actually have pain receptors. So around your, around your body, there's not um, on your skin, um, you know, in your bones, there's not something that when you uh, activate it, a, a nerve that when you activate it, you're not going to necessarily experience pain from that. Um, stimulus. What you do have is all around your body. You have you know millions upon millions of of nerves that give you different information around um, sort of soft touch, light touch, um, pressure, temperature, um, and then you have something called nociceptive um, uh, signaling. So, and what nociceptive signaling is basically uh, when a tissue is damaged. So you do a little muscle tear. You have a little you know a paper cut on your skin or any cut on your skin. Um, your body can get the information that there's uh, basically some damage to that area. But what's really key to understand is just because you have that doesn't necessarily mean um, that you'll be experiencing pain. 
So what happens is you basically get all this information. So think about all those different nerves, um, nerve signals as information that then passes from around your body, goes towards your spinal cord, and then at your spinal cord, depending on the state of your body. So if you're um, you know, in a really high adrenaline state, so you're like fight or flight, you're trying to run from your life for um, uh, you know, a lion, then you're probably not gonna want to know about that little paper cut you just got on your, on your arm. So basically your, your body will sort of turn down the signal and you'll have less information going up. Whereas on the other hand, if you're in a state, um, maybe like Accountant Yanni uh, would be, where he's you know, just done a really long uh, you know, day at the office and he's didn't have time for lunch, so he ate a bunch of food that's probably not great for him. He stayed up too late the night before, um, you know, just trying to find some escapism and watching Netflix until late at night and then uh, had a crappy sleep because he maybe had a few too many drinks the night before. Basically, that can put your system, so your, um, uh, you know, your, your metabolic system in a state of... Um, in a you know inflammatory state or a, or a less than ideal state, and what that's going to do at the spinal cord level is basically turn all that information up. So you're basically you know it's like turning up the volume on a um, on a speaker. Basically, you're getting more um, information going up towards your brain, and then when that all that information, depending on whether it's gone up and down, will get to your brain, and then your brain is going to kind of make an assessment on all that information and use sort of the uh, use some other information, so like context of where you are, um, what you're doing, your previous experiences, and, and then the output of your all that information that's come from your nerves through your spinal cord and been filtered through um, your brain is then gonna be an experience of pain. Now, it seems pretty wild because it happens, you know, often quite instantaneously, but um, that's how pain works. Isn't it amazing? Who came up? Who was the prick that came up with pain receptors? <laughs> Like yeah, I mean, where was that? Where was that term well, coined? It just makes like it, it's it's seems like it just makes sense. Yeah, you know? like and it's totally understandable because you know it, if you just pinch yourself, like you're like oh yep, that I do this stimulus and I get a response that is pain. But it's not until that you know hardcore neuroscientists really drilled down and like looked at what each of the nerves do and um, you know that's when people figured out oh wait actually it's all information and that all sort of and then it's this sort of with this pain understanding it's like a mixture of kind of classical neuroscience and um and then also psychology about um yeah and they've sort of yeah figured out that that's how it works well the, the, you know the the booklet the little booklet the welcome pack that we got from um i'm gonna say his name ian deneen uh the old chiropractor because i'm so i i like really have a gripe against this whole system and this guy uh, i've done it or oh, i've said it i'll probably get sued um you know, he gave us a, this little booklet, and in, on the first page of this booklet, it was like, what will happen, essentially, I can't remember the exact words, but it was along the lines of, what will happen if you don't see a Cairo in your situation? And it had an image, a picture of a, a sapling, you know, in a pot that had grown like that, you know, with a, with a, essentially an S-curve in it. And, uh, and it, then it went into a, a whole, you know, info, uh, information about how it's so important that when you've had an injury like mine uh, and you're experiencing back pain, that you continually straighten the spine as it grows so that it makes sure that during your adolescence it grows straight and you don't have some form of obvious physical deformity, which I will say because I know this term like scoliosis, you know, as yeah. though scoliosis is going to form if I don't go and get my back manipulated every week, you know. And, um, 
And that seemed logical to me and my parents at the time. You know, yeah. you kind of think, well, yeah, that makes sort of some sort of sense, you know. But it's total bullshit. Yeah, like and, and it's you know <laughs> you, you kind of hope to give this guy a benefit of the doubt that chiropractor that you know that was just his true understanding of how things worked at the time and it's you know it's so common you look back on things that we used to do and think like oh we got that one wrong like yeah <laughs> the understanding does change over time but if there's one thing that's going to increase your perceived threat of how your spine functions it's going to be seeing seeing <laughs> a picture like, of a bent sapling and thinking yeah. holy fuck that's really going to happen to my spine you know exactly. and and. Um, and you know, the thing that used to shock me about those treatments is that there was never a discussion about any exercise, you know, to go and do some strength exercise or go and do this or go and do that. And it wasn't actually until I got introduced to a friend of ours, who's a personal trainer, someone different, Aaron McKenzie, who really had, um, uh, chiseled his, um, business, like a, a, a niche business around really helping people, um, uh, overcome quite severe injuries and things like that back then. And then he moved later into more performance and stuff like that. Uh, and, and he famously had worked with um, uh, Anthony Minicello after he had quite severe spinal um, uh, injuries, especially in his neck from playing rugby league, and, uh, were, and, and trained and became very close friends with Aaron and, uh, and then eventually went back and replayed rugby league at the highest level after he was written off after having you know, spinal operations and stuff like that surgery. And that kind of gave Aaron, I put him in the spotlight about what he was doing. And, and he, you know, he was similar, you know, he was like, you just got to um, move, you got to get out of the body's way and get it moving and motion is lotion, all these things we're going to talk about later on. But, you know, these sort of terms, the pain receptor and this and that, you know, people form these really strong dogmatic beliefs around this is the way the body works. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's why, you know, uh, I'm often quipping from the back, back seat when, and being really particular about language because language is exactly what then goes into that, you know, when I was talking about how your brain then processes all this information you get from your body, it's the words we use and it's the experiences that we've had before that drive that context, which then either turns up or turn turns down your ultimate yeah. pain experience yeah. from that information. You know, we talked about this at the Fast Growth Workshop on Saturday and what I go deep into in our, in our motivation content that we that we teach that we're making into an online course by the way uh shameless plug uh that you know you your you, the things you think about um and then to take it even to a higher level the things you talk about legitimize your beliefs and and on a biological level are actually laying down more fat tissue on the brain's neurons to make those thought processes stronger so they become stronger and stronger and stronger thought processes that create these feedback loops that really can um, govern your behavior your actions yeah. and then as a result more thoughts in the future you know so and we talk about the fact that you can actually reprogram and rewire all this stuff so that you think differently and therefore behave differently and, and this is where the kind sort of thinking around pain science is going and um, Laura Mosley who's a professor of neuroscience who's kind of the most famous guy in this area he's just got an Order of Australia medal which is a big deal um, in Australia for uh, his contributions to pain science but he's sort of going like looking at that kind of classical conditioning route which is like Pavlov's dog where you ring a bell um, and the dog the dog starts salivating um, basically looking at that, that same sort of space for um, for pain and, and basically having like a non- uh, like a biological stimulus, so something that happens that then creates like an outsized response in the body, and that's where the sort of pain science is is going. But I'm going to keep things away from you know the deep dive of <laughs> what's new and, and as much and exciting as we'd like to charge off into the rabbit wanna, hole. I want to give you guys really practical information. So I want to make sure that you guys understand that like pain is a really useful thing, and pain in an acute injury context is 
great. Like it's exactly what we need because it's again, it's all about um, you know perceived threat, and it's a kind of think about pain as your protective buffer. So um, if you roll your ankle and you hurt your um, you know the, the outside of your ankle hurts, then that's a good reason to then try and spend a bit of time off your foot and just for a while to let things heal and then over the course of um, you know an ankle sprain might take sort of a couple like maybe a week if it's really bad to be able to wait bear and then over the next few um, three to six weeks you know the tissues will heal up we you know we, we understand tissue healing times and you can easily kind of find out you know for ligaments bones um, muscles how long that should take but it's when you start getting um, pain after that time and it becomes a chronic or persistent pain that that's when pain is no longer useful and now there's a mismatch between the stimulus and the response and so if we're going back to Yanni and his horse riding example like if we imagine the um you know if we talk about the the actual Yanni which then went on to have a person like went into boxing so straight away you've gone from being like okay severe back injury but instead of quitting sport altogether you you know you got back you got involved in sport again went down the route of becoming a personal trainer like and and think about boxing like it's a pretty badass sport like you're you know, you probably think that you're a pretty tough person if you're in, into boxing. You're not, so that's like an identity that's not fragile. Yeah. So you're not like, you know, constantly worried. If you were totally worried about your, um, you know, your spine <laughs> yeah. falling to bits, you wouldn't be wouldn't be boxing. And then going into the personal training and and talking to Sebastian or about deadlifting and 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 starting to get into weights training, um, and you know, you did that under the guidance of some people who really knew their shit and. Um, like had great technique did probably did pretty decent sort of loading parameters to start doing those exercises um, and eventually moving to do those snatch grip deficit deadlifts which as we talked about are basically taking it through full range and loading up full range just about like going through all of that and coming away with a back that feels strong and now what you did what's your pb with the deadlift like 200 230, 230 yeah. odd so yeah. all of those like that progression of of getting really strong um and um not only does that obviously create a good sort of active dynamic stability around your spine, but what it does to your brain is say like, hey, my back is strong. Like if yeah. I can lift up 230 kilos, then now the threat of bending over and picking up a pen is no longer scary. Yeah. But if we think about going rewind back to Yanni, who after having that injury and um, thinking that he was a little sapling that was going to turn into a wonky tree, if he thought, oh, geez, I better not do boxing because you know that could, yeah. that could make my back worse. Um, and went down the route of becoming a, you know, going to uni, becoming an accountant, spending um, all day at a desk. And, you know, maybe you'd, instead of going to the gym and having active hobbies, maybe you'd, um, you know, got really into Dungeons and Dragons or computer games or whatever, like all of these things, fine hobbies, but um, not creating a, you know, strength and, and stability around your spine. And then down, like now at the age of, what are you, 40, 40 now? Yeah, yeah. so in a imagine now if you'd put on, instead of, staying muscly and putting on 20 kilos of muscle instead you'd put on 20 kilos of fat now suddenly not only is your metabolic system going to be in a less than ideal state um so that therefore remember we talked about the information being sent from your periphery so your, your limbs like wherever you experience the um you know the stimulus to your spinal cord level at the spinal cord level that less than ideal metabolic state um you know from sleep deprivation and stress and um you know poor diet that's going to get amplified so you're going to get more information sent up to your brain and then as your brain's figuring out all the um context around movement so if we talk about you know bending over um you know now you've not got all those sort of th um experiences of being strong deadlifting um being active boxing you've you've got a mentality of you know you just remember those times where you've gone to 
you know, help your kid and you felt your back twinge or you've, um, you know, you, you've had to lay down for a couple of days at a time after, you know, hurting your back doing something fairly innocuous, suddenly you've got this context that is, um, you know, a like a context of, of fragility, basically. Yep. And so any sort of information that's being sent from your back when you've, um, whenever you're bending is now gonna be generalized to then be threatening. And remember that pain is perceived threat. So yep. you're gonna have an, you're gonna listen to your, those signals too much and you're gonna experience pain. Yeah. So just quickly, um, we're going to get, we're, we've got about, we're going to stay on for about another 10 minutes because we started a bit late today and we're going to get to the comments section and I'm going to go through and f uh, check out if there's any uh, questions there and we'll just give some love to people who are uh, um, active in the comments section. But before we do that, I wanted to spend a couple of minutes really, really clarifying what we want you to take away from today's show. Because this week, uh, tomorrow, we're going to go into uh, why most injuries are caused by poor load management. And we're going we're to really um, uh, help you guys understand the concept of load management. Uh, we're going to go through the difference between macro and micro loading and why technique in your lifting matters so much. We're going to also talk about how overcoming an injury identity and cultivating a performance mindset is critical if you really do want to take yourself out of that environment where you feel compromised. And then finally, at the end of the week, we're going to talk about why we don't believe rest is best when you're injured. We think motion is lotion. We're going to really go deep into all of this. But today, what we want you guys to understand, and it's, it's hard for some people, especially when you're stuck in that cycle of uh, being in pain, you know. We want you to understand that on the very base level, when you injure yourself from a traumatic injury uh, or an acute injury, um, pain is very, very useful. And at that point, you do need to really pay attention. You know, it's usually signaling that there's something very wrong and that we do not want to either repeat what's just happened or we want to create an environment that's best for healing that process, yeah. uh, that, so that, think that, about that injury. Protective, protective buffer that I talked about before. If you're in a lot of pain, you're going to feel like if you're feeling a lot of pain, that's basically a sign that like, you know, in an, in an acute stage that you want to look after that. Yeah. Then from there, you know, and depending on the, the, the tissues that are damaged in that injury, uh, tissues remodel and heal at different rates. Uh, bones generally take the longest. Uh, you've got connective tissues that are a, little, uh, a bit quicker than bones. They're the deeper tissues that are sort of joining bone to bone. Cartilage and Cartilage ligaments. And, ligaments. Yep. and then muscles and, and, uh, and um, uh, flesh and, and tendons and skin, they all heal the quickest, okay? Not, not tendons, sorry. That's, not not that's tendons. Yeah, uh, muscles and 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 skin, uh, they heal the quickest, and and usually muscles and skin will heal within a matter of weeks, uh, two to six weeks, we would say, you know, um, depending on the severity of the injury, um, and. So, you, you know, once you go beyond that point, let's say you've done a muscle tear uh, and, and after six weeks, that tear is, unless you've re re recurringly opened it up and, and injured it over and over and over again, and it becomes uh, somewhat of a, a sort of a chronic injury, that is healed, that's done. And, and, and if you're still experiencing pain from that injury, uh, it is no longer serving you at that point. And so, you know, like when we have the acute uh, injury or the traumatic injury where it is serving you, it's telling you, hey, stay off this ankle, you've rolled it, it's, it, needs, it needs time to heal. Uh, we now need to start to figure out whether that pain is, is, is real and, and, and is actually... Not, real is not quite the right word there because all pain is real. Well, like, useful, 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 useful. Yeah, that's right. You know, people will really 
be quite rejective of this idea if you say, hey, your pain's not real. Yeah, like, yeah, pain yeah, is absolutely. an experience, and if you're experiencing it, it's 100% real. Yeah. But whether or not it's useful, and if, and yeah, that's the uh, thing. To and, there, and then there becomes this concept of, okay, well, maybe, and this is de- this was definitely the situation for my situation, maybe I actually need to uh, figure out a way of training through that pain experience because what I need is strength and I need to convince my body that it is okay. Uh, strength comes in different facets. It comes in this, the literal strengthening of the muscle and, and hypertrophy of the muscle tissue itself. It comes in the adaptations that uh, uh, happen in the nervous system, but it also comes on a psychological level where you start to con- you know, really believe that you're strong and, you, and your brain starts to believe that you're strong and it can then turn down those pain signals. And Not you, pain signals, remember there are no pain signals. Um, a pain, uh, what, what, how so did you inflammation. It? Inflammation. Okay. Information. <laughs> information. information. Yep. yep. Pain volume, let's call it. Okay. <laughs> information. Turn down the pain experience. And this is really important to understand because when we often get a lot of backlash when we say that pain is a an experience, a symptom of the brain. Uh, and, 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 you know, uh, and people say, that's bullshit. You know, I have pain in my knee. How is it an experience or a symptom of the brain? Well, Everything that you're, you're experiencing, in the matrix, man. yeah, you're in the <laughs> matrix. Everything you're experiencing is a symptom of your brain, and yeah. and you do need to understand, and and this is where this becomes very beneficial for a lot of people. You know, if you've ex- if you've got a chronic injury that's been going for a long time, uh, we are not here to tell you that that is not an, an issue. You know, but this, the 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 thing that is most probably going to heal or, or fix that issue is not laying up on your back and avoiding moving it. You know, yeah. I mean, this like so. This idea, you know, obviously is a bit challenging when you first start learning about it. But what it's what it, it's so exciting because it basically means that like if you can provide a kind of context where you can move from being in you know like a you know worried and um, constantly like overly conscious about your injury, and if you can kind of work with someone who can help you get, like the term is sort of pacing about um, pacing an exercise is basically starting to reintroduce things in a gradual way where you start off you know nice and easy but you go um, to a point where you basically stop listening to pain and you train um, you keep training through it but basically if you can if you can use exercise to change your mindset then you can really get great positive results and there's there's still so much um, you know research being done to the space and it's a really challenging area to do research in unfortunately because of well actually probably fortunately because of scientific ethics like yeah <laughs> um, you, yeah pain is a <laughs> challenging one to do tests where you you because with, with something being perceived threat if you know that you're going to a study you know that you're never actually going to be in danger so then the whole threat issue becomes a bit challenging and you can't yeah. really cause people insane amounts of pain um, which is good but yeah it's a challenging space for the evidence to say like hey that's 100% right but yeah it's all moving in this sort of in this sort of direction and I'd just like to talk like tell a little anecdote that I think helps kind of people get get this a bit more which is the kind of classic story of this um, a guy a construction worker who um, stepped on a giant nail it was a really long nail um, and it went through his boot um, through his foot and straight up through the top of his shoe. Um, and so obviously absolutely freaked out, was in excruciating pain, looking down, seeing this nail pointing up straight through his shoe. Um, and, you know, his co-workers freaked out. They called the ambulance. They um, got an ambulance over there and then they like, you know, really carefully cut away his boot. Um, he was screaming every single time that the like any sort of movement happened um, in a whole lot of pain. Um, and then as soon as they'd sort of cut the boot away and and looked at you know ready to see the kind of gory scene of a nail sticking right through his foot they realized it had actually gone through 
between his big toe and his first toe, um, sorry, big toe and his second toe, and so the nail had actually just like gone through the middle of the um, of the toes, compl- not, like not, not penetrating, not his penetrating body at skin all. at all. Yeah. Um, but you can totally imagine being in that scenario where you're seeing this nail sticking through your foot, knowing you know, like just how like you can imagine how painful that would be. You know, you knowing you'd have to go get a tetanus shot, thinking you'd probably you know, <laughs> may need have an a, operation. Like, yeah, yeah, have a hole in your foot for the rest of your life. Like that, like you can totally understand how in that ex- in that time your perceived threat would be through the roof and so he was he was feeling real pain like extreme pain until suddenly the information suddenly showed that you know there was no perceived threat there and the main experience he was feeling was you know guilty and a bit you know uh, (laughs) a bit embarrassed and and suddenly his pain totally goes away so I think that's just a really good anecdote to kind of illustrate that perceived threat and that is a real story it's not just a little yeah yeah Yeah. and and i'm sure we can all relate to a scenario where you know kids are a classic example of this where you hurt yourself and you don't actually feel the pain or cry until you see the blood coming out of your body you know i had a really bad injury a few years ago where i came off my mountain bike and on the way through my shin hit the chain cog which is very sharp on a on a, a racing mountain bike and it just literally severed the anterior tibialis tendon in in the shin and uh and and caused quite a deep laceration right down to the bone where it it was like went in on an angle so it kind of almost was like a, a miniature degloving where it it peeled off and you could just see everything going on in there and uh you know it's interesting i got up off my bike because i'd h- gone over the handlebars and i'd hit the ground really hard and uh i got up and you know i went to take a step to look at the damage of my bike and then when i put weight on that leg i felt that something gave out because i didn't have that tendon that tendon was about 80 yeah. percent severed you know and so nothing really that my foot didn't work properly and uh it wasn't until i looked down at my shin yeah. that i experienced and any this pain is such a good example of your spinal cord level versus your brain level there because basically when you injure yourself really badly like that you get flooded with adrenaline you get that that's the flight and flight um fight or flight um, response is getting flooded with adrenaline what and that basically what that's doing is like hey something bad has happened and you've got to like save yourself from this situation so we're going to turn the signaling like turn all that information right down yep. because you're you're screwed and we don't want like some little you know issue to stop you like if you stub your toe or you stepped on a little like a bindi which is a little sharp plant yep. at that time like your body would not care because you basically like something bad's happened we've got to figure this out and so basically what's happened there is your spinal cord's gone like nope turn it right down and then you take it for a couple of steps and that makes you look at your foot and now you've got the context of like oh something gave way there that's not right yeah. and you look down and see you know a bunch of flesh hanging off suddenly that's your brain being like shut up spinal cord yeah <laughs> <laughs> well the other the brain's it, probably going right don't up. walk because you've got this tendon that's all just hanging yeah. on by a thread that will snap and you know and, really be and a pr- joseph gilbert's just com- put a comment here which i absolutely love and this is something that i've always get which is like empathetic empathetic pain which is basically he's saying now my shin hurts haha which is basically like even listening to someone's story like that's you can when you uh, like can be in that content like that that brain space if you're really empathetic to what that would feel like yeah sometimes you'll actually start to feel these like weird sensations and what could be described as pain yeah and there's obviously there's no damage there but you still will be constantly getting information on your shin. You know, it might be just like a slight breeze. You'll have information at that level of, you know. So again, this is imagining Joseph. I'm not sure where Joseph lives. He could be on the other side of the world listening to this. So now suddenly he's now like getting the temperature, the, um, you know, light touch, the all the sensation information that he'd usually be getting 
is now suddenly switched up because he's, the context in his brain is now in the imagining Yanni falling off a mountain bike and, and degloving his, his shin. Yeah. So that's just a really great example of just how powerful the brain is and how it's totally an ex- a, yeah, a experience of the brain, not damage. 100%. And, and you know, still to this day, when, uh, when if I get a massage therapist or someone touch that area of my body on my shin, it, it like, freaks me out. You know? Exactly. It's just and that's, so sensitive. So desensitization for things like burns and scars is a real, like that's a, a treatment modality where you basically, and that's, and that's a good time to, I, we, I could talk about this all day and I know I don't want to, <laughs> but <laughs> basically like um, this is where like manual therapy and massage and, you know, adjustments become um, a like a like people find benefit from it because basically what you're doing is you're putting a controlled stimulus on an area that is otherwise painful so you know if before if when you're just getting like random sort of shin pain from this old scar if suddenly all your back now suddenly if i massage it that's a controlled stimulus that can um will basically recontextualize what it feels like to be touched there and so you actually that then turns down the perceived threat because you're like, hey, I'm in control of this stimulus or I have a medical person touching it, so therefore it's safe. It's okay, and therefore yeah. that now desensitizes you to um, you know, other information that would then be perceived as pain. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty... It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's wild. Look, hey, I, I, I just had uh, in, in Facebook, it showed up on my um, thing as a reminder the other day. Um, it, it took it took about, I don't know, eight weeks of rehab to learn to walk again after that because I had three operations and I was in hospital for quite a while and then in and out of hospital for quite a while. And and uh, it was quite a, a, a big deal at the time. And it popped up in my news feed, you know, hey, remember this? You know, I was in yeah. there with a bunch of physios and I'm learning how to plantar flex and dorsiflex yeah. and stabilize my foot and walk again. And I was on crutches for ages and, and uh, <laughs> I was like, my God. And it sort of like, you know, I, it, it just reminded me. And I, I went on a huge walk on the weekend. And for a moment there, I was like, you know, um, fearful memorizing this thing that happened in my foot going oh geez am i going to be able to walk this far we're walking about 15 k's you know uh it's really funny the way the brain works and it's really important for you guys to understand that the 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 role the brain plays in all of this and and just how much it can get in the way of you guys being human being you achieving your true potential and and uh you know achieving your true potential in life requires you to exercise and stimulate your body in such a way that you evolve not devolve uh, which is a word i haven't made that up uh and um and yeah exactly and that that training that movement in the right like will create a context in your brain which you then can start to move away from pain so with chronic pain it's um you know i actually just did a study about whether or not listening to a two-hour really great lecture on pain science will make you like have less pain versus a sham uh, intervention which is basically talking to a physio for two hours basically they had the same experience so even just talking to someone like they both kind of improved yep. but you know even just talking to a physio apparently it does the same job as in the moment for it, for your pain experience but what it kind of it, it what the, the this is Laura Mimosley's study and basically he's kind of come to the conclusion like they did have a bunch of other um, benefits from doing that around um, sense of fragility and all this stuff but the study wasn't powered to scientifically show it that's a whole nother rabbit hole but basically you know the, t- the takeaway is that learning about this stuff is really important it's really important to understand this but it's not going to make you feel better right now but what it can do is guide your actions moving forward and if you are someone who you know um has been in persistent pain for a long time and you've chosen like oh you know this this might be 
like I'd, I'd like to kind of get back to doing that thing I used to like like I used to love going for bushwalks but now you know I just know I'll like get a gammy knee for or whatever for after a certain amount of time or you, you've stopped training in the gym because you know you're scared of deadlifts like this information should guide you towards working with someone who can you know can take you along the journey do it in a in a context that you feel safe and you feel um you know confident and that's how you get out of long-term pain it won't happen instantly but if you're in if you and if you're someone who's in chronic pain being like oh i always hurt all the time like there, there will be times throughout the day when you're distracted you know by a happy thing or a sad thing and you you'll forget about your pain for a little while and that should hopefully give you a bit of hope that like okay yeah it's not that something is damaged and permanently causing me pain there's little windows there where I'm pain-free and what you've got to do is just keep opening those windows by providing the context to yep. get better. Yeah. There you go, guys. Look, let's send some love. Massive love to Joe Gable. <laughs> I think uh, he broke the like button yeah. in this stream. Yeah, uh, um, great to see you on the stream, Jody. Uh, Joseph Gilbert, thanks for in your interaction and yeah, love. I love that Jody um, but also kind of feeling the um, empathy pain over there in the shin. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Lee Clements, we had uh, lots of love sent back to you. Everyone who was on the stream today, thanks, uh, Mitchell, tuning in all the way from Belgium. I hope you get some sleep now, brother. Uh, and who else do we have on there? Oh, we, we, we will see. We're sending love to everybody, all right? We've got to bring this one in for a landing. we got a really big series this week. I, I, we love talking about this stuff. Make sure you tune in. Anyone who's experiencing any sort of pain or injury, or if you're not, it's just a great way to level up. Yeah, uh, and particularly as you, have, you do have persistent pain, like that's, I think, a really, you know, that's the tell us about your stories because i think it's a yeah a really interesting thing to explore yeah absolutely uh remember the question today we're going to go we're going to go and uh keep that going you know if you've got an injury or you're dealing with some sort of pain anywhere in your body right now uh there's not much we can do about relationship pain um <laughs> but yeah but uh, pain physical pain we we certainly can talk about and, yeah and, and, give and joseph gilbert did give us a bit of information about a bit of shoulder pain that he's had um doing the foundations doing shoulder presses with elbows flared out i'd say if you are feeling discomfort with flared out so basically elbows facing out like yep. bring them into neutral for a yeah, little while 100%. build up the strength in that sort of generally easier range and then if you feel so inclined then start to go for elbows out but really do bring them into neutral and that should take a bit of um, discomfort yeah. out of there generally and I, do, I, I don't know I have to revisit the I foundations, don't think we, foundations we don't do flared, flared out, out. We, no. we try to keep the arm as neutral as possible yeah, so maybe um, uh, let us know if there's any video in there that's telling you to flare your elbows out I want to know about it yeah uh, and he's asking what uh, rotator cuff injuries feel like um, but, but just basically pain, pain in and in around the the, <laughs> the shoulder fairly superficial but yeah, yeah it, and, and rotator cuff pain can i've found can sort of radiate out into yeah. other areas i've certainly experienced like a little bit of um uh symptomatic pain down the tricep down the back of my arm sometimes around the back of the shoulder sometimes even up into the neck because of the supraspinatus so it, it, can, it can sort of bum steer you a little bit uh but what we do know is that if we just get out of its way and let it heal uh it will do its job yeah you're saying yeah it was neutral and you told me my elbows were out too much so yeah just oh, good bring them in keep shoulders back and down chest tall Good stuff, right. guys. And according to Joe Gabe, buy some Dogecoin. <laughs> Hot tip. <laughs> Not going to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, we will see you all tomorrow, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Richie. Um, have a great day. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that it's far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. 
There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.